Okay, aloha everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very intriguing sneaker guest that I'm truly excited to speak with. Uh, I came across his story uh, from a Nice Kicks interviewer article and I was just fascinated with the inspirational journey it took for him to open up one of LA's newest sneaker stores. Uh, owner and operator of Bottom Bunk LA Sneaker Shop on Melrose, Cole Richmond is on the pod today. How you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing awesome, man. And like I said, I, I found your story through the Nice Kicks article. And I'm super happy that I found it because you have a very, very interesting story that I think we have not seen like in the sneaker space before. It's it's pretty wild, you know. I feel really blessed to, you know, have even found my way to the sneaker scene after everything I've been through personally. Yeah, and you, do you mind if we like kind of talk about that a little bit? Because uh, I, if for people that haven't read the article or know who Cole is or uh, have dabbled in finding out what Bottom Bunk LA is, uh, basically what happened is that the main selling point of the article is that Cole was actually, uh, you were incarcerated, right, for X amount of years or something, and then you eventually got out. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? I, I don't want to get into much, too much details and whatnot, but just loosely, I think it'd be a good like foundation for the rest of what we're talking about. Yeah, so um, I personally have struggled with drugs and alcohol addiction for, mm. I went to my first AA meeting at 14 years old. Oh, wow. Um, and like along with, you know, addiction for me came, you know, going getting in and out of incarceration. I got incarcerated the first time when I was 14 years old for 28 months. Oh, um, at 14? <clears throat> at 14. Jeez, dude. 20 months, um, two and a half years. Yeah. And, uh, and I've been in and out of recovery. Like I, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate part of addiction is, you know, relapse. And it's, for me, it's, there's been like numerous different circumstances. I've had up to, you know, over five years sober and mm. <clears throat> I relapsed when I was 27 and I ended up going to prison for eight years at 27 years old beyond like my addiction. So you got out at 35 then? I got out at 35. I got released in May of 2020. So as like the whole world knows, COVID was in full swing. Oh, right. Yeah, that's that's interesting timing. Like literally that was the heat of everything when you got out. Yeah, I, I you know, the, it, it, the prison system shut down for COVID as well, obviously. Like it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like, you know, not affected. So for my last, from basically March 15th through May 2020, we were on complete lockdown in prison. Jeez. Um, were you guys have to, have to wear like masks and stuff in there and stuff too? Or Yeah. Whoa, well, interesting. Okay. If, if, if we left ourselves, we had to wear masks, but okay. we weren't really allowed to leave ourselves unless it was for medical. Right. Um, all the kitchens shut down in prison because there was no workers to be able to work them. Jeez. And so, like, life was life changed really big for prisoners at that point. Um, yeah, you literally have no control over anything, and it's like it gets way worse because now it's like you know you're on that crazy lockdown for no reason, and you can't even see like what's going on on the outside and stuff too, which is even worse. Yeah, and 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 also like all we're doing is we're hearing stories of you know people in other parts of the prison now have covid they're changing oh, buildings sure. around in order to keep all the people with covid separate and like we're not sure if people are dying like we don't know what's going on that's wild um, yeah and so i was released may <clears throat> in may uh at the end of may and 
I came home to a world like where I, I couldn't even imagine. I was on the freeway and there was like 10 cars in the middle of the afternoon on a in LA, right? In LA, like downtown. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, whoa, what is this? It's like, it's like a scene out of a movie, right? Yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> and then the crazy part is, is that weekend that I was released was the same time that the BLM riots happened here in Los Angeles. So I'm on oh. TV watching literally apocalypse. Like yeah. the whole world is in destruction. Yeah, and that's, like, close to home for you, too, because, I mean, literally, that was, like, most of the media attention and stuff. I'm out in Hawaii, but I remember seeing it. It was on Melrose and stuff that they were showing a lot of the things, too, which is where your shop is now, right? That's, yeah, I mean, we're right right where it was. And Jeez. also, like, this is where I grew up. Mm, so, like, I see. Um, seeing your backyard so like that and, like, chaos is just kind of creepy, you know? It was nuts. Yeah. And so I was... I was staying with a friend of mine I because I knew I had to see parole. Um, and when parole came, they were like, you know, like, like, what's your plan? Like, like what, do you, what do you, like, what safe place do you have? Because the world's a mess right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, um, truthfully, like, I need some help. You know, I feel a little bit overwhelmed coming home. Um, I, you know, I, I just needed some resources. And so yeah. they were like, so like, what are you thinking? And there's a there's a treatment center out here in Los Angeles and West LA, Culver City area, that um, you know caters to you know people coming home out of prison and also people with addiction. It's called Beit Teshuva in, in West Los Angeles. It was actually a place that when I had, like I said, I had time sober before. I actually went to mm-hmm. school to become a drug and alcohol counselor, wow. and it was a place that I had worked. I had like ties to that community, and so they were they were completely shut down too. Like they weren't letting people in or out. They hadn't taken any intake. And so I had to wait two weeks in order to be able to even for them to open up the doors to even think about taking people in and they were willing to help. And for me, especially at that time, like it was like the biggest blessing that ever happened because for somebody coming home to like a fully open world, it, it can be super overwhelming, right? True, like, yeah. Especially hit the ground, years. Like, start running, go find a job, like get on the bus, like go do all of these things. But since the world was stopped, there were no jobs, there was nothing that was really going on. It allowed me the space to be able to like take a deep breath and actually focus on myself and start working on like my own personal recovery, my mental health. And Beautiful. and yeah. the, it's it and even like rehab was different then because you know they were scared to put people in large groups. Oh so yeah. We did everything over Zoom. Like Jeez, we literally stayed in our room almost all day and we, you know, just went to group on Zoom, went to our AA meetings on Zoom. And uh, and, and my roommate, the person who I had met, he had already had been there and he was, you know, since he had spent so much time in his room, he started, you know, he was, inter- he was already interested in sneakers. So he started, you know, trying to buy shoes at drops, doing sneakers, right. going on Foot Locker, you know, doing all the different things that you do to try to acquire the shoes. And like kind of out of boredom, I was like, what are you doing all day on your computer? Like <laughs> you have to explain this to me. So you weren't into shoes before this then? Not really. No, I was, but like, oh, okay. you know, like the way that I had purchased shoes before this was, you know, going to coming down to Melrose to buy shoes was probably the number oh, one place. Yeah. StockX and GOAT happened while you were away. That's why. I had never even seen it before or, or Jeez, heard about true. it. True. Wow, surreal, yeah. So and then like just like everyone else, like I grew up getting in line just like everyone else to try to just try to get the drop. 
And so, um, so he's explaining it to me now, and I'm like, this is this is wild. Like I don't even understand this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you got to look on, you know, you got to look on StockX, and he's showing me StockX and how it works. And for me, like, <clears throat> StockX was incredible. Mm. It, it, to me, what was so interesting was is that, you know, like there was now a true market price for resale shoes, yeah. and 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 it was like kind of regulated right like it was all forward facing like they're showing us every sale like there's you know and now there's like a database of every single shoe that's probably ever released and i can go through and find gems that i you know remembered from way back when and and all of these different things and be able to find these old shoes so i got really interested in in like the kind of the analytics that StockX was creating right and and i'm not I mean, I hadn't seen a computer in eight years, so I definitely was not great at purchasing stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. I, uh, you know, woke up on sneakers. The very first drop that I went for were um, some smoke grays, Jordan one. So that was August, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. And, and I hit. Hey, first one. There you go. That's a sign, right? I, yeah. And I remember like telling my roommate, I was like, dude, this is so easy. You know, like. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, little did you know how you did that. And I was like, I was like, man, I was like, you know, and I was really excited to get them. And I remember they came and I got them and I had gotten the wrong size. Uh. I I hadn't even like really remember that I needed, you know, with, for some reason with Jordan ones, like I'm better off going bigger and it became a whole thing. And so I was like, all right, well show me how to sell them now. And he was like, you know, uh, I sold the first pair on Mercari, of all places. On oh, Mercari, wow, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, that's a place I, not I, too many people will sell shoes. <laughs> you know, it, well, at the time, it, from like everything, because I was like going deep. Obviously, I checked StockX. Obviously, I checked Go. Yeah, yeah. And Mercari just kind of offered like like they were all prices a little bit higher. Mm, I see. And um, so I sold that's them bang there. for your buck. Yeah. And it's funny because also I didn't, I mean, the world was closed. I didn't have a bank account. I didn't have anything. And like the state of California releases you with $200 on like a prepaid, it's like a net spend card or something. And so that was how I purchased the first shoe. So I saw that on the Nice Kicks article and I kind of to go back a little bit on like my own personal experiences of like, you know, your journey and stuff. I do have family members that have gone through like the AA and the NA and stuff of the world. So I know a lot about what that's going on. I also had a family member that was um, incarcerated as well. He, he came out and I saw firsthand, you know, how difficult it is to like readjust, you know, and like get yourself back into the world after being away for so long. So I definitely understand a lot of this, like it hits personal to me. That question though, about like the the prepaid card or whatever, is that $200 per month they give you or it's just 200 and that's it? That's it. That's it, wow. So they're just saying, okay, here, go live off of this 200 bucks, which will last you what, like three days? <laughs> I, I like I think that like like their idea and this this has been two hundred dollars since the eighties. It's been since going the eighties, so it, so inflation and stuff didn't even matter or anything. Wow. Yeah. And because like at, at this point, like they're the way they describe it is, is it's like, okay, so two hundred dollars because when you get released, if you don't have clothes, they're gonna charge mm-hmm. you sixty dollars for some pants and a t-shirt, and then um, they take it out of that. And then they like the also, prison will give you clothes for sixty bucks, for sixty dollars. Like they're Jeez, re, they're expensive. reselling elastic khakis. Jesus. Okay. And then <laughs> they uh, and then it's also they figure it's enough for like a bus ride or a train ride from wherever you are to get home. And that's wow, that's crazy. That's it. That's super. That's 
it, it's really like depressing about that man because i mean at that point you know when you're like releasing stuff you're you're a contributing member of society again is that what it should be you know you, you did your time you you did all paid your dues and all of this stuff and basically i mean i guess it's better than nothing that they give you something but still that something is like not enough in today's world right especially when you figure like some people are in there for like uh drug abuse or alcohol abuse or something you know and it's like 200 bucks will not last you very long and we we will talk about this too but finding work and stuff it takes a long time with the criminal background so it's like how do they expect you to like survive and then also how do they expect you not to get depressed when you only have x amount of dollars it's not it can't carry you very far and you can't get a job it's like the depression can come really quickly you know the relapses and all of this stuff in the world can happen fast so it, that's why it's like i just want to stress that point to the people listening like it's really incredible like what you did with that small amount of funding that you had and where you are now yeah, yeah. I, I i mean it's like you know one of the biggest things that i'm sure millions of adults you know care about is is you know that financial freedom you know yes. and being able to the financial security and so and like it kind of like loops back around to the point of covid because there was nothing going on like it allowed me that space to where like that pressure for money like necessarily wasn't really there mm, i see and um around this time that i got this money they they actually gave a stimulus to formerly incarcerated people that they had gotten released in the last year oh, because nice. originally okay. the stimulus was only for people who had had tax returns from the from the previous year right. obviously inmates wouldn't have that so they had to like adjust some money and like there became some grants and so they actually um i ended up getting a stimulus and at that point i was uh you know not necessarily successful, but I was ready to start to commit a little bit, you know, commit whatever I had towards getting shoes. Right. And so that that started to expedite the process. So and how much did you flip that first pair of smoke grays for, by the way, on Macari? We never finished that. Oh, okay. So I, I got 360 for the smoke grays on Macari. Whoa. Okay, congrats. That's like almost a double up right there off the first shoe. Off the first shoe. Yeah. And then immediately after that, I got the Zions and I got it. I got a, uh, uh, it was a smaller size. It was like a size three. It was like a preschool size. Oh, interesting. Table. Okay. And and I sold those on Macari for like a hundred dollar profit also. Jeez. Okay. So you're, you were like, that was beautiful. You're just like, okay, this is crazy how much money we can make off of just doing this. Dude. Like, and like the thing I kept telling my roommate, I was just like, how do we get more units? Like we just need more mm. units, you know? And he was like, dude, it's like, not, it's, crapshoot you know what i mean it's not mm. necessarily that easy and True. so you know then at that point it was i was on the phone a lot with you know obviously friends and family who i hadn't talked to in a long time and now it's like around thanksgiving time <clears throat> and you know things had picked up i had taken that 2000 and kind of turned it into a decent amount of money um uh i had some like my mom gave me a little bit of money from like these like security bonds that I had when I was a little kid. And I, I was just basically pouring it all in. And I was talking with like one, my best friend and, and um, we were just kind of like, every conversation was just kind of always seemed to train. It's like, how are the shoes things going? How's the shoe thing going? And I was like, dude, it's going great. Like, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. And he was like, finally, he was like, he's like, can I help? You know what I mean? He's like, can I mm. put some gas on the fire? Like, do you need more, more capital? And I was like, yeah, like that would be like a huge, tremendous help. 
And at this point, like the world's starting to open up. And so I'm starting to get some more opportunities. Um, I actually invested money into, you know, actually trying to, you know, get StockX data to be able to try to set, you mm-hmm. know, trying to find trends for future shoes. So that way, because I realized that like, you know, it's not possible to walk into a Foot Locker or go online. I don't have like the capacity to bot things or things like that. I kind of learned that really quick. And so I was like, you know, it wasn't gonna be possible for me to get two, three, 400 shoes a drop. Like that just wasn't gonna be my wheelhouse. Yeah. And so it became like, you know, finding unique spots on GOAT and StockX and purchasing. Right. And figuring out which shoes are gonna be, you know, in six months are gonna appreciate. And I started like looking at the data that if you're, we're looking at specific, you know, Jordan ones, whether they're lows, mids, highs, I kind of put, you know, percentage data depending on like stock release count about like how much of those are going to, you know, appreciate in six months, 12 months, 18 months, which ones are the one good ones to hold in order to make more money. Cool. Let me stop you here, man. Like what do you mind me asking? What was your background before all of this? Because this is so much like entrepreneurial stuff, you know, and like the the foresight and the knowledge to like look at analytics and data is like really crazy to me. Like just like especially since you were out of the game for so long. Right. Where there was like not even a sneakers app. I'm, I'm sure at one point, you know, when you went in and then all of a sudden everything's online now, you know, the sneaker drops and stuff aren't happening in person. How did you like have this like business acumen about you? I, I, I mean, honestly, it was too much time in a room, oh, <laughs> you know, <okay. laughs> just reading and learning then. Yeah. My, my also the person who had kind of introduced me to shoes when I got out, he was also a finance major. Oh, okay. That helps. College. I see. And so, okay. you know, he was able to, I was able to ask a lot of questions about the shoes specifically because I'm on StockX. I'm looking at this shoe and I'm like, Yo, this this only came out nine months ago. Like, why is this one two hundred and eighty dollars, and then this mm. one's only two hundred and ten? Can you explain that to me? And it was, you know, I started getting involved in Discord, seeing drop counts, started really studying the, you know, you know, hold or you know, flipping them, and and I got really strategic about it. I I started to notice like if a shoe dipped when it first came out, that was obviously the best point to buy. And to kind of like stay involved and i just really just started doing the footwork and like the other part of it is is like you know i was the first one like when the world opened up like the first one at every Foot Locker when they opened to see what they were putting out for the day and like making my rounds like across the city and like just kind of doing the footwork so it was really just like pouring everything like literally when you said pour everything it's like your time energy everything you could into just this one particular thing and that's how you like obtained all this knowledge and like you know all of this uh business and stuff about it yeah and and like and like the other part of it is like before going to jail like um like i said i had worked in treatment and but other than that like i had always kind of been a you know for lack of a better word like a drug dealer you know a hustler (laughs) right you know and so like this was so this was like so similar like one of the things that like a lot of you know cultures like they have like some variation of this story right i really like i really like the native american um version of it like they they talk about like that each of us have within us a white wolf and a black wolf you know and that represents like we all have good inclinations and evil inclinations they're Mm. they live within us no matter what and basically you know um and each of those things like we attribute you know characteristics of ourselves to them 
you know, like, you know, my dark, you know, my black wolf had always been like attached to my hustling because it was always in a negative form. Mm. And, you know, the treatment center like was always harping on us. Like, no, you have to align your purpose with like, like with both sides of you. Like if you're, if like, you know, Cole, if your evil inclination is hustling and getting in the streets and like being involved with people and like, it's easier for you to do it in like the dark side of the world. No, apply those same attributes to the positive, right? And I right. got really lucky. I found something that parallels something I was already good at, somewhat good That's at. I mean, good I did point. go to jail, but you know, but it was like, but but it was something that I that I felt comfortable operating in, and I just kind of placed those same principles into shoes and also into helping people. You know, so it's like just I channeling the energy into a different like route rather than you know just completely saying okay let's just get rid of this you're just like nah this is part of who i am let's just channel it in something positive instead which is you know that's beautiful man I, I love that do you mind me asking you know since we're kind of on that topic as well too i know i want to get to the sneaker shop eventually but i just like kind of like you know breaking down where we are um you know you're, you're out you're starting to make a bunch of money you know and you're starting to get success and all of this how difficult was it for you to like not get that temptation of relapsing? Because I, I just saw on your Instagram, you know, I follow you and stuff. Now you just hit two years sobriety again, which is congratulations, bro. That's no easy task, you know? And so Thank you. now that you have all this money and stuff coming in, how was that temptation feeling like, you know, it's like, damn, I got, you know, I'm loaded. I'm feeling good now. Where's that? Like your mindset with that? Um, I, you know, I, again, like the world, COVID, you know, there wasn't a lot of things open. There weren't necessarily like a ton of places to go spend money. And I, mm. and I was also in rehab. So it was like, you know, I stayed there for the full six months. Um, I could have stayed longer, um, but work kind of like, you know, this opportunity came up where I was kind of focused more on this. And, and I had made the commitment to myself that I wasn't going to pull any money out for the first year and a half, no matter what. Beautiful. From the shoot thing. Like, and because like, you know, sitting down in prison for eight years, like that gives you a lot of, you know, I, my value on my freedom is, is high. And also like, I also recognize that I don't necessarily need a lot to survive, you know, a place right. to live, my car, some food. And so I kind of just kind of kept everything in and like, and then the other thing is, is like, you know, there's a, there's like a saying in AA that anything you put above your recovery, you're going to lose, you know? And so, oh. So like if I'm putting money above my recovery or if I'm putting, you know, that girlfriend above my recovery, it's going to go anyways because I'm going to lose the recovery and everything, right. everything around it's going to fall. And so I've just been really cognizant of, you know, my recovery is number one. And like those those parts of my recovery are like, you know, being of service, you know, being a good son, being a good brother, being a good friend. I take those things really serious. You know, I heard something at a meeting when I first came out, they're like, you want to find out how good someone's recovery is? Ask their mom. How do they treat oh, them? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, ask their friends. Yeah. Like, Don't ask the person sitting in an AA meeting with them because they go up there and they say all the right things. Exactly. Like, see how they're treating people in the world. And so for me, like, that became something that's became, like, my center is making sure that I treat people the right way. I love that, dude. And I mean, you know, okay, so we can go fast forward a little bit back to where we are. You know, you're, you're getting all of this progress and stuff. And then where does the sneaker shop come into play, Cole? Like, uh, when did you decide, okay, let's open up a brick and mortar, especially on Melrose after you saw, like, what happened and all of that? Like, I can't imagine, like, the mindset of, like, okay, let's open the spot, uh, a sneaker store. I'm going to, after I put all this time into it on the place, you know, that just went crazy just a few months ago. Yeah. So I have some, like, much bigger ideas for the space. And, right. 
And as I was, you know, what I realized almost immediately was, is that for, for the job end, we're having bigger ideas for the space. And also, you know, to try to get my reach bigger to help more people, uh, my friend and I, who's, who was the original person who invested, we were talking and he was, and I was like, you know what? I don't see a way that we get away from not opening up a brick and mortar in order mm-hmm. to be able to impact more people in both the shoe world as well as you know the ability to you know help people who need it, who need help for my unique experience. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so we decided that we were going to set up a nonprofit and we were going to attach it with the store, and and we were going to operate both you know right here directly from Bottom Bunk. Okay. And so that was that was in July of la- or June of last year. And we started looking at locations on where we wanted to open it. And I fought for Melrose. I was like, you know what? This place is so close to my heart. Like, I love being down here. I love the energy of it. Um, and also, like, you know, Melrose has kind of turned into, you know, it can be scary over here now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure people that are in the sneaker world have saw, like, the different incidences that have happened over here over the last year. And I was like, you know what? I want to make an impact in this community specifically. Rather than and run I, away, you're like, you want to just be at the forefront of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that, like, I wanted to bring something unique here. And what ended up happening is when we were looking for a place, we found the building that we're in. And, like, the second I walked in, I was like, this is it. This has awesome. to be it. Mm-hmm. It's we're. <laughs> We're like dead smack right in the middle. Like if you were to split in between Melrose in between Fairfax and La Brea, which is like the main shopping mm-hmm. district, we're directly right in the middle. Number one, number two, it's one of two two-story buildings on all of Melrose. Yeah, I was gonna say there's there's not too many of those, right? Yeah, like I mean this it's almost sixty-eight hundred square foot. Jeez, and that's <laughs> uh, for people who have seen the Von Dutch documentary, it was their building originally. Oh wow! Okay, there's a ton of history here at this building. Yeah, and it was, and it was also like, you know, when we're walking through, it was like retail like you've never seen before, which was, you know, for me, somebody who grew up in the '90s on hip hop, it had like, kind of like that bunker New York '90s hip hop feel, low ceilings, and I was like, yeah, I can work with this. We need to do this. That's that's awesome, man. So, okay, so and that's part of where uh, you got the name for everything too, right? Is from your history. That's how you decided to put it into the store, right? You can kind of speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So so, it actually kind of it you know kind of started off as a joke. I oh, you know, yeah. I had at the rehab there was um he, he the the person who was showing me the shoes he was actually out on bail at the time, and he was he was asking me like you know he had never been to jail before and it looked like he was going to go to jail. And so he was like, he's like, what do I need to know about jail? And I was like, dude, just make sure you're on the bottom bunk. That's all you need to worry about. And so like it kind of became like a running joke. And so when it, when we started, when when I started to form my business, like I had to go get an LLC and I had to go do all these things. I was like, dude, it's bottom bunk. You know, you put your shoes on at the bottom bunk. It's perfect. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You dude, know, I love this. You know, like it's crazy how like everything just seems to feel like it's 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 fitting for you you know like everything is just falling into place after you know all these years of like hard work and like the turmoil and you know like paying your dues and stuff everything is like kind of falling into place and it's just so perfect like bottom bunk is such a sick name like to me that's like it's so good it speaks to you as a person it has like different connotations it's there's so many things going about it and it just feels like so like 
raw and like powerful and i've seen pictures of the shop and stuff dude it's beautiful i i can't wait to you know eventually visit california again hit up melrose and you know hit up your shop it definitely stands out from what i've seen over there i've been maybe twice i think so far and there's a lot of like great stores over there but there's definitely it feels like there's a vibe just at least from watching the uh pictures and stuff on your uh stories yeah i mean i mean like our biggest thing was is like we definitely we wanted to do something different right like we could have opened up another store that looked just like all the other stores first off i wanted the store to tell my story Mm -hmm. right you walk into the store like you know the shoe the two shoe rooms kind of have that you know you know gritty basic you know industrial prison feel to it with some prison accents and then you go up into the retail clothing room and you know you see a floor that looks like it's running water with epoxy with sky on the ceiling and like that symbolizes freedom to me like those were the things that i missed and then like to put the prison phone in the back as the accent because that was my that was my definition of freedom when i was in prison that's how i called my mom that's how i called my family that was my connection to freedom so like it holds a special place in my heart obviously the phone because i mean now in the real world like right we're on our cell phones we're texting facetiming all these other things you know, just that simple phone call for 15 minutes a day was a big deal to me. That was like yeah. my tie to it. Jeez, that's that's amazing. It's crazy. Like, if you don't have this opportunity to talk, that's why I'm so happy I found you through Nice Kicks and stuff. I wonder, like, if I would have walked into that store, if I'd be like, y- you wouldn't get the gravity of what you were just saying. You know, it'd just be like, oh, that's cool. It's just like a little phone and the stuff in the back. But when you hear it personally, it just is like, damn, you know, that's really, really powerful versus, you know, just seeing it and being like, oh, okay, that's a nice little phone he's got in the back wall, you know? Yeah, I'm on the sales floor a lot. And it's funny, like, I'll see people that walk in and they'll walk in this door and they'll start to see like the prison accent, orange lights, and like they kind of pause, but then they kind of look in the back and they see the phone. And then like, you can see it registering like them, like the story's Mm. hitting for them. And they're like, huh. Mm. And then right there on our center wall, biggest thing in in the store is our mission, you know? Right. Um, And, you know, and it clearly says like, you know, like, we, you know, for me and Bottom Bunk, we believe that, you know, our redemption is hustle and hustle became our redemption. And that, you know, and it clearly states that, like, you know, we put out there that like a portion of all of our sales is going to help men and women when they're coming home. And that's something that we really mean. That's, that's like, I, I wouldn't have felt comfortable opening up a store if I wasn't, if it wasn't aligning with like my true purpose, I believe as a human, which is to help people, you know, and so so like this is just a launch pad to be able to like bigger exposure to help more people and that's honestly beautiful man and i I really want to like focus a lot of our talk on this point where like i want to get it out of the way there's there may might be a negative connotation that some people have you know like okay prison reform and stuff you know you come out and stuff it's like nah once a criminal always a criminal you know like they're just gonna eventually go back into their old ways and this is just the way that people think right which is why they have uh, a lot of employers have criminal background checks they're like i don't want to take a risk you know on this person like obviously they have a history they have a background it's just not worth it for me let's go find somebody else and that's too often the case like i used to work in a like counseling like i mentioned to you um and there were so many times where I'd just be like, oh, I can't work here. And I was like, okay, why can't you work here? And he's like, oh, it's because I, I have a criminal background. They're not going to take me. And I'm like, but y- you paid for the time. You know, you did, did your time. Everything is good and you're out. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not sure if you understand this, but like I- I've literally tried to apply to like 50 to 100 places. And this is always the same thing that happens every time. We, we can't even look over there. And so that really stuck with me. 
and then when my um, family member also was going through the same thing, it's like it's it's almost impossible. It feels like, and it's such a hard thing because you know you did all of this time and you paid all your dues, and it's like, all right, I'm ready to get to work. I'm ready to get on the grind and you know be a contributing member of society. And then society is like saying no. <laughs> you can't contribute here. We're not going to allow it. And, you know, that's what I love about you is where you're saying, like, this is where I'm passionate for. And I think part of your mission is you want to try to help bring people that are trying to get, like, readjusted into the world and, you know, like, have them as a intern or employee for X amount of time to give them that startup, right? And that's, like, your kind of mission behind it. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I believe it's my responsibility, right, for, you know, because – of like the blessings that I've received in bottom bunk and in shoes, like it's my responsibility to pay it forward period. And so I'm going to do everything that I possibly can. And I really believe that a there's, you know, because of what has happened in the world, especially over the last, you know, few years is like, there's right now people's ears are open to, to being educated on, on things that they didn't necessarily know before. And mm. the truth is, is like, state of California recidivism rates were crazy. And a lot of the times, like, you know, people believe, you know, people began to interpret that as, oh, it's because like, obviously like once a criminal, always a criminal mm -hmm. and not understanding that like without opportunity and without, you know, you know, ability to get a job or a place or an ability to get housing. Like if you've been in prison for 10 years, like how are you supposed to be able to get an apartment? You have, you have you, you nothing. I mean? Yeah. You come out with, with nothing. Them. Yeah. Even with the money, they're like, where's your renter's history? Like you can't, True. True. and there's all of these different things that start to happen. It's like, so now that people's ears are open, it's time for us to start educating them. You know what I mean? That with these, you know, yes, there's a lot of things that need to happen. Like mental health services, addiction, life skills, all of those things need to be taught. And those resources are starting to become available, but also without, you know, secure housing, you know, and we're without job training. How are they ever supposed to figure out where they're supposed to fit? Yeah. Where are they supposed to find their purpose? You know? Right. And it's and so, like, it's no wonder people relapse and, you know, go through the same cycle of, you know, pain and hurt and all of this stuff because it's like they don't have anything, you know, and it's like they, they came out with all of these intentions, good intentions. And then when nothing is going right, it's like, okay, I'm just going to go back to what I know then. Right. And that's yeah. why there's so much recidivism, like you were saying. Dude, it's, 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 it's like if you think about baseball, right? If the guy's going up to the plate and striking out every single time, eventually he's going to stop swinging. True. You know? That's a good point. I love that and analogy. So it's, it's, it's the same thing, right? If you've walked into 100 places, submitted 100 resumes, and maybe got 15 interviews, and, you, and everyone passed on you because of one thing, mm -hmm. you, you have to survive. You know what I mean? Like it almost becomes like animal instinct. And like, you know, like so much – you know, in our world, so much of our esteem is attached to, you know, responses we get from other people. And if we're getting doors closed in our face from employers, it's hard to feel meaningful in the world. It kind of feels like, you know, you're going to act how you're, how you're being told to act through like nonverbal communication. And so it becomes a trap. It, that's 1000% true, man. Like your identity is so much of our identity, especially in like, you know, American society is tied to your employment. It's, it's, it's your sense of purpose. It's what you get up for every day. It's like literally what you're supposed to be doing from nine to five, you know, and if you don't have that, it's like, okay, who am I? You know, what, it, what is my purpose? Am I really like useless or can I not contribute? Is this is what everybody's telling me because obviously I'm not working. I can't get a job. So it, it just really like eats at you, dude. So I, I love that you like understand all of this and you're like trying to help, you know, and, and creating your store and like doing this nonprofit stuff. Like that's honestly beautiful to me. Like that was the whole thing about, 
maybe like the clickbaitiness, you know, of the title, of, like I think it was like X Prison Made or whatever, starts a sneak store. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But for me personally, when I was hearing about what you're doing on the nonprof side, and you know, like the helping people coming out and stuff, and giving them a jump start, like that hit home for me, like huge. Because as I mentioned, like so much of your identity and your just your quality of life is tied to your employment and if you have no opportunity to do that like literally it just feels like you're in a depressed state and that that hurts me so much because it's like give these people a chance you know like that's all they really need is a chance show them if they mess up they mess up but they need to have the opportunity to at least get out there and try yeah and 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 the other thing is is like when i so i hit a certain point where now it was time like i had an opportunity to look backwards okay okay so now how am i here right And it became really clear for me like it was like three things you know it was like my mental health and my recovery came first right once i was able to address that i was able you know and and the also at the same time i was was in a stable living situation safe Mm -hmm. housing once those two things were addressed is it kind of allowed me to be able to you know blossom into being good at doing shoes it gave me the space to be able to you know put my effort here and feel comfortable in that and so when we're looking at like how do we want to set up the nonprofit or how do we want to be most effective in helping people, it was really clear like that these three areas need to be addressed. And you know, one of the things that we realized is is like it's more than just money. You know, yeah, when I was looking yeah. back, it was the fact that somebody took a chance and the belief in me that kind of you know you know changed my responsibility to it, and also it changed my belief in myself. Like, well, if this person who I care about or somebody that I don't even know at the rehab is putting this trust and belief in me that I could be successful, that that gave me a big jump. And so mm-hmm. as an organization, it becomes our responsibility to instill that same trust and, and belief into others so that the way they can start to believe in themselves, right? You know, it's you know, if someone tells you that they love you enough times, you're actually gonna start to believe that they love you based on what the actions that they're showing you. And so like that's kind of like what we want to pay for is, you know. I believe in all humans have the ability to find what's good for them. It's true. If you look at so many different levels of success across the world, every single one of those people are different. Every single one of them have a different unique skill set. That's why there's all these books like trying to, you know, show like, oh, success is this or success is that. Like, no, success is finding what you're good at and that's what's most important and then putting it forward. You know, and the, what's really unique about Bottom Bunk is that we have, you know, obviously it's a shoe store, right? We're selling shoes downstairs. But we have a whole side of our operations that we, you know, are going on up here. You know, one of the unique things about our shoe store is, is that all of our shoes are QR coded. So if you come into our store, wow. you you bring out your phone, you QR code the shoe, and it takes you to the website to show you what the price is and other wow. sizes that are available. And the other thing is, is all of our shoes are laid out by size. And so, like, that's what allows that to happen. And so there's a lot of stuff that has to happen on the back end. So if somebody were to come here to be, or to, excuse me, to bottom bunk, you know, they're going to get retail experience, obviously selling and, you know, working in that environment. And it's usually, you know, sneakers are huge and they're obviously affecting like, you know, tons of different cultures now, you know, yeah. it's not just the street scene anymore. There's, you know, we're getting people from all walks of life, you know, coming in. So you're getting like that, you're getting that experience of talking with like a bunch of different people that maybe be like, are like you, aren't like you. Right. And then we also have the opportunity for them to start learning operations and computer and back end, you know, Shopify stuff. Um, and then there's also, you know, we have a whole marketing department here where we're trying to like 
you know, get the nonprofit out there, start getting our mission out there, start impacting more people. They can intern there. There's also our social media. They can intern there. So we're trying to find as many different avenues where people can try a lot of different things, feel what works for them. I've also set up unique partnerships with other industries with being like, look, you know, if you have 100 employees, give us three of them, please. Mm. You know, let us put three people into, you know, being an electrician. Give us three people into concert setup. You know, all of these different, you know, different industries where someone comes home is like, you know what? Like, I like building, you know, but I also love music. Like, all right, good. Let's get you working on studios. Let's get you around things that you enjoy. I love that, man. It, my my thing is, and I want to ask you, I'm sure you probably had this idea go through your head a couple of times. Like, have you ever, like, worried about, like, the negative connotation of what it would mean to, like, have formerly incarcerated people, you know, working for you and, like, that as the base of, like, your story? Do you think that, like, maybe that could potentially turn off some customers? Like, oh, that's sketchy to go in there. You know, like, those are a bunch of criminals working that shop. Like, I'm just going to go to the uh, shoe store next door because I know those guys are probably safer. Has that ever been a question that ran through your head or are you just sort of like, nah, this is, it should be okay? You know, my life, yeah, I mean, of course, right? You know, I do, you know, sometimes somebody could walk in, like, dude has, you know, tattoos on his face because he came home from prison. Like, (laughs) be intimidating. Like, of course. You know, but here's here's the thing, right? Is like my belief is is that the world like is centered around energy. If something's providing positive energy and when the person comes in and, and feels a warmth from another human, like, you know, I you know, sneaker shopping in general can be overwhelming because it's kinda if you don't know about the shoes, you don't know what your shoe size is, is like true. Sometimes you're not gonna be able to get helped. And That's so true. like, you know, we're we're t- totally you know, centered around customer service, making sure when they walk in that they understand how the QR codes work, how the store is laid out, that they can try something on if they want to, and, and you know, staying with that person to make that elevated shopping experience possible. And it, it'll it translate, you know what I mean? Good people will attract good people, and, and all of us are inherently good. I Yeah, and it's, it's, it goes back to that thing, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, and, like, definitely, like, I think – we're moving into a place where people are a lot more accepting of everything you know it's just i feel like it's there's still that innate thing for some small demographic of people where they're just like nah they don't even want to risk it you know it's just like that's it, you know that's too hard of an image or whatever to break so it's it's still good that you know you're like you understand that but it's like you're still gonna persevere and go through and i think that you know emphasizing like the customer service aspect is such a huge thing like just being warm and welcoming right off the get-go it's like that brings down walls so quickly and misconceptions like so quickly so that's that's a really smart thing that you're doing yeah and, it, and it's also our responsibility that like you know one of like the most amazing things i actually i i can't remember who i saw talking about it might have been rick ross or it may have been dj Khaled or something and they were talking about social media instagram um by itself is it's it's a marketing tool for yourself that's never existed yes. in the world, right? It's, it's for us to be able to market. So that makes our responsibility on social media is to portray a different side of shoes. You know, we have some like really like dope stuff coming up for YouTube and some TikTok nice. series and Instagram stuff where it's going to be centered. It's going to be meaningful and purposeful, not just the you know, voiceover of, you know, a shoe thing. Like we want to do some stuff that's going to bring awareness of what the store is really trying to do and what people are here. And hopefully like, that should attract hopefully it'll attract the right people that want to get behind our messaging and i think it will you know like i said it's a great story like to like kind of get people in the door and stuff but it really the core of it is what is so important to me and why i'd like you know i just want to go to the website right now and try to buy and just support because 
the core is what's important there right and i love that you guys are not like only just like a like a quote-unquote gimmicky thing where it's like okay this guy you know is a former inmate or whatever and he opened up a shop bottom bunk that's that's cute or whatever you know but it's more like nah it's not just a regular shop dude like we're innovating we got the qr code stuff you know we got like things in the works we want to like keep progressing and stuff it's like this is not just like opening up a store and just like kind of like hanging back and like kind of not worrying about it too much it's just a store you're like looking for the future which is super important no totally and, and like we have some like really big ideas over here that's like gonna like in the next six months like it's gonna be game changing you know like there's the the sneaker world is so wild wild west and people people like it needs to be organized and be more forward facing to be fair for you know you know people that are buying the shoes because those are our customers right right and um there's a more effective way i think of doing things and more honest and more transparent and i and i believe that like you know bottom bunk can be like the principle that sets us forward i love that dude and that's yeah yeah and i'm really happy to hear that is there like uh aspirations and stuff to like open more stores in like different areas and stuff too so you can kind of keep spreading that message to different communities and stuff as well or have you not thought about that far down the road yet no no so i think that um the nice kicks article like you know was a huge blessing you know and them like posting it like got us a lot of exposure that we didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily think was coming or expect um you know is that uh yeah, it's a business too, right? You know what I mean? Obviously, like, if we don't make money, then we can't help people, then we can't sell shoes, then we can't be there. But, like, the response that we got was, like, man, our community needs it. You know what I mean? Mm. From all over the United States and even outside of the country. It's like, dude, open up a bottom bunk here. Like, our community needs it. Reach out. And so I think that, um, you know, obviously, if you look at a lot of businesses, you know, if they expand too quickly, they crumble. Yes. Right? Because like, like our finances aren't endless, you know, right. we're, we're still, we still operate on the world of cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's about being strategic and making, finding places where we can make the biggest impact and broadest as possible. You know, mm-hmm. okay. we're centered in Los Angeles. You know, I, I would say a five to 10 year goal is to, you know, hopefully, you know, new store as often as possible. Right, right, right. Without stretching yourself too thin. I like that. Cause I can definitely like understand there's a need like in every community in every state, I'm assuming, you know, there's always going to be like different circumstances and stuff. And this is such a new idea. Um, and like you said, it's such a perfect implementation just because like that hustler mindset and stuff is like really like with the sneaker flow, you know, it's literally like you just strange out drugs for sneakers and it's pretty much the same thing, you know, <laughs> like even like the one-on-one interactions and stuff are still there. So it's so easy to implement and like people understand it and graft it quickly. So I, I love that at least you're thinking about like trying to bring this into more regions and stuff because it is something that every community would need. No, totally. And I also think that, you know, without, you know, there doesn't necessarily need to be a bottom bunk in that community for the nonprofit to be effective there. You know, one of the things that we all learned during COVID is that, you know, Zoom and things like this are effective, right? to right. be able to connect with another human and so like that changes again our responsibility to reach more people now that the internet is available to do that and um so we're definitely taking advantage of that and also it's- you know the the my fear in opening more stores is that you know one of the biggest things about us here is like making sure we have accessibility like you're not coming into the store like oh i love this shoe but it's not available and like oh uh, right size. yeah and so like, i try to keep like making sure that it's available and like making sure that 
you know, when you start buying more shoes, like different than other industries, like the price doesn't go down, the price actually goes up because of availability. And so I'm making sure that, you know, yeah, you know, we gotta, gotta make money and we gotta make sure we're helping people. I also wanna make sure that we're operating a good shoe business where people come in and like, they find what they're looking for. It's an elevated shopping experience and, you know, try to make it all encompassing for the shoe world to kind of like set a different standard. Right. It, sorry, I forgot to ask. Is the nonprofit a different name, or is it still under the same umbrella of Bottom Bunk? No. So the the nonprofit is called Off the Bunk. Um, Off the Bunk. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Bottom Bunk puts a portion of its money to not only that organization, but we're also putting going to be putting money into other organizations that are already established that are making impacts in the community. Um, you know, my time's always available for something that's going to be good to helping people. So I'm constantly like, you know, leading groups or doing different things with, you know, whether it be drug and alcohol prevention or talking with families, doing different things that, you know, can make make my impact broader and further reaching. Is it so is there a website if people are interested in, you know, like trying to figure out how to contribute to the nonprofit or just figure out how to get involved more? Is there a website and stuff that you guys have set up for that? Um, we're, we're about to do a big unveiling okay, cool. of it. So like, we're, awesome. we're, you know, we're definitely, we're, we have some, hopefully like some really unique partnerships to announce in the near future. And, um, I, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of people to start to rally behind us and, and yeah. start wanting to make an impact in this area. Awesome. Well, you know, definitely when that does open up, please let me know. And then I can blast it out to everybody as well, just because like I said, I love this cause. I love like the sneaker aspect is very, very cool. And, you know, this is what this channel is built on and stuff is we do a lot of sneaker content. But ultimately, I, I'm in the business of like human interactions and human like just growth and all of this stuff. So that's why I think the nonprofit for me is like the more important scene. And so I'd love to, you know, try to get behind that more and try to help you guys get more exposure for that one that does happen. Totally. And yeah, no, I appreciate that, too, because like that's you know, the, the, the shoes is just what we rally around, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, in it, it's, you know, uh, they, they say like the opposite of addiction is connection. Right. And if, mm. and if, and if the shoe is the connecting point where we create, create the connection, then that, that's, what's going to elevate the change. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, it's so interesting that you say that because literally that's what like this channel and stuff was done too. Because for me, like I wasn't into sneakers growing up just because I couldn't afford it. Right. So I got into sneakers in 2016 and that's when I started the YouTube channel as well. And it was the same thing. I was just trying to uh, resell shoes to make more money and stuff. And then eventually like people started getting behind like the resale aspect and like, I guess me as a person. Um, but like, that was never like my intention per se. Like I use it now as like a platform to try to get like these kinds of things going, you know, like, uh, conversations with people that have interesting stories or it's just like a, I guess like a springboard into different things that I want to do, which is great. And it is a great connecting piece because I mean, everybody's got to wear sneakers, you know, and some people love it more than others, but it's, it's definitely its own subculture. And I, I love that. Uh, it transcends a lot of different things. No, and, and and I love that you're in Hawaii. Like that's so oh yeah. Funny. Have you ever been, man? You got to come down. <laughs> oh, I have. You know, um, I've been to the Big Island. Um, oh okay. Kona, and yeah. I, um, I mean, obviously, it's beautiful. You know, and it's and I think it's like so. Like I remember, I was asking, I was like, oh, are there shoe stores there? Like, like what is the sh the shoe culture like? Yeah, and, yeah. Because you know, accessibility's got to be way different. You know. It's, so, it, yeah, it's completely different, man. But I mean, I, that's why it can, even like, you know, in the islands of Hawaii and stuff, there's still like a culture here, you know, and there's not many shops, like literally there's like 
less than whatever there is on a block in Melrose <laughs> over here is like every, for the whole state. But there's still like a lot of people that are into the sneaker scene and stuff, which is great. You know, like even in small islands, there's still people that love sneakers here. Um, and, 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 I, and I really honestly like shout out to Nike. Like that's their impact, right? Is that like, you know what I mean? Because, um, you know, they're getting first off more creative, especially with coloring, you know what I mean? And it's like, mm -hmm. so it's getting a wider reaching to where, you know, that someone in Hawaii can find a shoe that attaches to their personality and their person, which is so different than somebody who's here on Melrose and their story of that same shoe is going to be completely different, but because like the execution's done so well that it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I love all of that. There's definitely been like, it's so funny because there's so many like uh, California collabs and New York collabs on sneakers and stuff, but they still find time to, you know, throw some Hawaii like uh, colorways and stuff on there, which is great. The Hawaii dunks were dope. Yeah. <laughs> you like those? It was great. Were those the ones that you could like peel off like the yeah. upper layer and there yeah, there was different colors and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. See, no. those I it's so interesting though because when I I live in Hawaii, I never like thought those were that great because I I felt like it was like kind of too gimmicky for me, you know? Cuz it's like, I oh, that's that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's the same way when some people like the LA themed sneakers it's like, "Oh god, here we go again another Laker colorway." <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, what's up with the Rams colorway, man? <laughs> Let's get on it, Rams. I'm like, are every you, time I'm putting on a Rams jersey, I'm like, I got no shoes that are blue and yellow like, that go with it. This is crazy. Dude, we got to talk about that because I, I saw that you, uh, on your personal Instagram and stuff, you guys, you're a big Rams fan, it looks like, right? Yeah, diehard. Yeah, and you were just on the field or something recently, too, for, like, I don't know what that was. Yeah, but so I'll, I'll, I'll give a big shout-out to Coach Cooley. He's the DB coach at the Rams. He's also um, become a friend of mine. Nice. And, uh, you know, and the Rams, like, truthfully, like, the players that have came in, like, Jalen came in, and, like, dude, they're behind the mission. They want to make an impact in the world. Like, you know, like, they recognize their platform, and, and, and like, it, it's intoxicating to see, like, it motivates me to see how much of an impact they want to make in the world, too. Because Jalen was, yeah, because Jalen was at the shop, right? He, he came yeah. down and supported the cause, right? I saw that. Man, he's. I, I can't say enough of good things about him. Like outside of the fact that he's the goat of our generation, <laughs> he's Dion, true. right? You know, he's, true. And, he's, he's pretty baller. Yeah, and 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 he's he humble, nice guy, wants to help people, and like he he's gonna make a big impact in the world in his own right. So he's, he's I love that dude. dude. Okay, well I gotta I. It's so funny because one of my uh, best friends, he's a Rams fan. So he was at the Super Bowl and all of that. And he was like super pumped, you know, and it's like he's like, oh, it's dynasty time and all of this. I'm a Packers fan. So it's like, I don't know how I feel about you guys. You know, I, I saw Stafford play for so long. Are you a Stafford believer? You know what? Like you, you can't you, you can't deny like the, the like his greatness for even what he did in Detroit with like nothing. You know, he's an I mean? arm. Absolutely well, he had Calvin Johnson. He had Calvin Johnson. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. I mean, I mean, but his arm angles, like his understanding, yes. But yeah, to be that's a good with point. you, the person I'm a biggest believer in is Sean McVay. Like, oh, that that's is, who you're. Oh, I see. Like, like he's he's the orchestrator of all of it, right? Like, True. you know, he. I feel like um, as long as they continue to develop their talent, like it's gonna, it's it, it's dynasty time. He's right. It, this is our decade. <sighs> New you guys look good, man. You guys, I can't believe you guys signed Robinson. That was that pissed me off because I wanted the Packers to get Allen Robinson. I was like, damn, that's such a big signing. And then you guys might re-sign OBJ, which is even more like 
makes me mad because then you would have Cup, Robinson, and OBJ, and it's just like, fuck, yeah, that might be a dynasty. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and our defense, you know what I mean? We got arguably the two best defenders in the NFL on the same team. I know. One getting, to, one getting to the quarterback, the other one protecting the back end. Like, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So, I mean, it's exciting times for you guys. And the stadium is beautiful and all of that. But, you know, it's just, I don't know. I love rubbing it in my friend's face that Packers are, like, still. I feel like you have to go through us eventually. But it just didn't happen this past year. Aaron Rodgers is back. We'll see what happens. But I love talking sports. And that's why it's great. Like, you guys are in, like, like the – it's like the quad – it's very few quad cities where you guys have, you know, hockey – uh, basketball, football, and baseball teams and stuff, which is great. It's like literally like title town, right? Dude, it's sports year round. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I go, I, I try to get to Laker games. I definitely go to Dodger games. I went to a Kings. I go to Kings games. Kings. You games go to Kings games. Oh, okay, they're fun. They're they're hockey's rowdy, and like people people think like L.A. like oh it's it's L.A. hockey. Like they don't really care about hockey. Yeah, that's why. Hockey really okay i wouldn't i wouldn't have pegged that interesting because yeah my, my dad lives in vegas and like i was never into hockey but he's gotten behind the golden knights like 100 percent since they moved over there and he's like he loves it and he tells me yeah i gotta go to the games and visit and stuff and i'm like okay i i don't ever understand the hockey scene too much but i've been hearing good things so that's good to hear you like even the la side that's you know there's so people yeah, that love it that they're much fun. they're entertaining you know and that raider stadium is really nice too Allegiant? I've never been. Yeah, see, I've, we drove past it when I visited him, but yeah, I, I really want to go to a game there too. It, the Raiders are low key looking pretty nice too, man. Oh, who a guy because they got Devontae? <laughs> they got Devontae. <laughs> but if you look at the receiving, I, I hate Carr. Listen, I, we could talk sports forever if, if that was the case, but I hate Carr. But they got a good core of people. They got Waller, Devontae, uh, they got Renfro, who is low key not bad as well. And then oh, Jacobs, if he's not him. hurt. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like the potential is there, but that entire AFC West is just super stacked. So I crazy. I don't know what it is. And Raider fans are going to hate me, but the second someone puts on that black and silver, who knows what's going to happen to them? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. I know this firsthand because Jordy Nelson went over there from the Packers, and Jordy was our boy, right? And then he just completely fell off the entire face of the world. So I'm like, I hope, you know, Devontae does well, but we'll see what happens. It's so yeah. funny because there's like these cultures and stuff are so good, and like, that's why I love sneakers and stuff too, because there's so many people like in the sports world, like that for sneaker collectors, they don't even know like the sports aspects behind the shoes that they're wearing, which is so interesting to me because I always assume like, Oh, okay. You're wearing like uh Kobe's. You must be a huge Kobe fan. It's like, nah, I just, I just like these shoes or <laughs> they're good basketball shoes. I'm like, what, How, what is you even saying? You know? <laughs> and so that's why it's, it's so cool. Like it's just, it can be fashion. It can be sports. It can be a lot of different things. Right. It just depends on the person wearing them. Yeah. Yeah, do you have a do you have a favorite pair of model or of sneakers or what is your what is your go to right now? We can end it on this, man. I don't want to take too much of your time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, what am I? I to be honest with you, like, I'm 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 Jordan fives are my thing. Like fives, okay. I do enjoy fives. Um, but to be truthful, like the thing that kind of gets me most excited right now, and like people are kind of probably laugh is like I'm into these five fifties, these New Balances, like they clean they're i'm not gonna lie they're 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 stepping up i'm dude new balance is on the rise and i it's so crazy because people are saying like oh if you're in a new balance now you're like a hype beast and all of this i'm like bro i think they're just doing really really good and it's the fact that they're you know they're putting on these like great collabs you know the design and the quality of every single release is great it's like 
it, I don't think it's hype beast to like New Balance. Like that's a weird thing to say because that was always the dad shoe. You know, like I don't think those will ever be considered hype. But yeah. it is it, what it, it is. Like it, literally, it, what they're doing. You know, like I'm sure. I mean, I, I got a pair sitting right here behind me. Like they're like it. They're they're killing it. You know what I mean? But obviously, I'm still gonna wear Jordan. And I, I wear Yeezys. Same. You know, I have back problems, so like putting on my pair of Yeezys is nice. You know, I'm excited. Oh, okay, I actually right. Actually, hit on confirm this morning, so I got some bone. Oh, you did? Shoot, I was. In. I haven't seen my uh, if I won or uh, lost on confirmed yet, but I probably lost. Dude, you have a you have a lucky phone, whatever it is. You hit so often, it sounds like. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because um, you know being around resale shoes, it 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 can be difficult, right? Because like I see a ton of shoes, I'm like, oh, I want these, and and so I I normal just like everyone else, like you know, I if if I don't get the shoe for retail, I'm limiting myself. In 2022, I'm only getting three shoes for resale. That's it. After that, so I, I literally just put that same uh, thing on me as well. I'm only gonna do one. I really want to see whatever I can get for retail. If I can, I can't. And we talked about this with other sneaker shop owners and stuff as well. Sneaker fatigue because you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of shoes per day. Do you ever feel like the coveted stuff is like kind of just getting like played out or whatever? Just because at the end of the day i feel like they're all shoes you know like the travis scott that's going for three thousand how much different is it than the jordan one that's going for 300 right after you see it so many times yeah i mean yeah yes um but also like i you know i respect the creativity of like the stuff that travis has done mm. and like and, and 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 it really honestly is elevated you know what i mean like i don't and and it's different so like but travis isn't necessarily like like the shoe that I go to. Actually, I don't think I even own a pair of Travis's. But like for me, like I I love what Union does out here in Los Angeles. Like I oh, feel like right. they, with the fours and with the dunks, like they've caught that LA feel like really nice. Um and like and also like it's I GR's like I, I you know what I mean? Like I like my my only shoe that's like my coveted item was a pair of trophy room Jordan fives, you know? And, oh, nice. Yeah. You know, the, the, the blue that, you know, it's, it's, so it's like, for me, like if it catches my eye, I like it. I'm going to get it. Like ah, I, I see, see all of the releases and I get it. I get, I get some of it. Like we just got all the rebellionaires in here and like, I get it. They're nice. How do those look by the way? Out. I've never seen those in person. In person. Honestly, I was a little bit skeptical mm -hmm. because of like the writing and like, I understood like they were super limited in neighborhood yeah. stores and all of this stuff. You know what I mean? When they actually came in, like that shadow blocking with like the with the writing, and then the X's on the the red the X's on the back really do stand out. They really do. Really? Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Did. Maybe I gotta go take a second look. Then that's interesting. And the other thing is for people like if you're a dunk person, these new vintage dunks, bananas. Really? The blue. We 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 have the navy, and we also we just got the green that come out on the when did they come out? The twenty fourth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, get online. Get them. They're worth. Is it. that it? Is that a union collab as well? No, 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 no. They're just they're just a regular GR release. But I think they already mm. came out in Asia and Europe, so like we're getting them last. Uh, I see. And I now see. that I've seen them in hand and like in person, they're okay. Working. I gotta go they're check good. those out. Yeah, I like that endorsement, especially from a guy who likes his New Balance and just the common GRs and stuff. That's that's huge. <laughs> no, yeah, they did it. They did it. They're really nice. Okay, well, talking about did it, man, you definitely did it. I'm so like stoked on what you guys are doing, and I, like I said, I can't wait to visit the shop and see what else you guys got going in the works. But I'm very humbled and uh, grateful that you shared your story here today. Um, can you get let people know where to find you on socials and stuff? Yeah, that, that was I kind of want to jump in and say that. So the store social is at Bottom Bunk LA. 
mm-hmm. uh, B-O-T-T-O-M-B-U-N-K-L-A. Um, my personal is uh, at Cole Richmond underscore, and my DMs are always open. Like, if you Love got it. something going on and you got someone coming home, you want advice, like, I do my best to respond to everything. Like, sometimes it may take me a while, but, but you know, I'm accessible, and I really you – know, I'm not just saying these words, like, because they sound good. You know what I mean? Like, I really do want to help. And so if I can and if it's possible for me, I'm going to do it. I get that vibe. Like, this is why I love the video aspect of things. And I, we talked about this, you know, in the Nice Six article. Words on paper can only take you so far. But when you can see the human aspect, the passion, you know, the actual, like, way that you speak and how passionately you do want to, like, help people, it gets across a lot more. So that's why I definitely can attest, you know, please, yeah, reach out to Cole if you guys do have issues or you guys just want to talk or you, like, you know, you, you want to be progressive or get more involved. Please talk to him. Um, I love that you say that your DMs are open. I'll put all of the uh, links and stuff in the description of the videos as well on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. So it's easier for you guys to find. But, yeah, check it out. Uh, check out Bottom Bunk LA if you guys are in the LA area. Melrose, it's right in the center apparently. <laughs> so you got to check that yes. out. Say what's up to Cole. He'll be on the floor over there as well. But, yeah, yeah. thank you again for coming on, Cole. And, yeah. Uh, thank you for everybody listening today. If you guys do want to check out the next episode, make sure you guys subscribe to the uh, channels over here, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like the episode. And yeah, we'll see you on the next one, guys. Take care and aloha.